Great rising. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this podcast, I like to say welcome. This is Thoughts of a Black Girl. So it's been a minute, um, not too long. I have waited a little while, so we're good and well into new year the new year so if you celebrate the new year on this uh calendar it happy new year to you if not i will say happy new year again about march 20th when we're celebrating the uh equinox okay so yeah um i can go into more details on why i believe that but if you you've been on social media or you've been watching YouTube or if you're into astrology, you know why I am waiting to do a lot of my resolutions or manifestations for March instead of uh, January, even though January, because it is the new year and because it started at one and it's one, it was one, one and the new year, the year went from 22 to 23. I was able to do new things to my calendar or start things that I would like to continue to um, manifest or believe or start or finish right because a lot of things can start uh and finish quite frankly easier i guess that's how it's set up when the year changes over um so i wanted to discuss some things and i didn't know for sure in what orderly fashion this would happen because just so much happens um one being the relationship between male and female is becoming more and more challenging i'm i'm seeing just my in my experience on social media and different things i am seeing how it's people are not this new dating and what's happening and 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 as far as relationship goes people are truly either doing a lot of game playing or mind games and or there's a lot of mental health uh issues it's it's just a lot Okay, and so what I was, um, what I had been seeing when I say social, uh, a lot of things. So now people have dating apps, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, French, you, I have a dating app. I just downloaded it. Um, I've downloaded it about a year ago, never used it. Do I plan to use it? No. Um, I downloaded it because there was a point in time that I thought, Maybe um, if I wanted to meet someone or I wanted to look and see what kind of people are on these apps, maybe I should download one and get in and set up a profile and do that. But no, absolutely not. Um, If that means I will be alone forever, so be it, right? Because I don't want to do the dating apps. I really, 
I really don't really know what it is like to date. Uh, The reason I say that is because when I was younger, I was never, I never really had boyfriends like that. I I might have boyfriends, uh, guys I call boyfriends, but it really went from talking to somebody and going straight to home run. I'm talking about the full out going to, you know, do adult things, moving in with each other, I mean, and only being 17 years old or only being 18 years old. So I never really had the opportunity to So for me it comes down to um in my personal experience never really having the opportunity to date. And I think I've said that before in previous segments maybe a couple years back, but not ever having that true experience of dating around, meeting different people, and then um, finding, you know, a match, right? Or coming into a match where I'm like, okay, let's take this to the, maybe we should take this to the next level. And then going through the boyfriend-girlfriend stage and let's do that, take that to, let's take that to the next level. And then going through to, you know, uh, engagement stage. Now let's take that to the next level, right? That sounds like the traditional way of dating. That seems like what I've seen on TV. That seems like the systematic way. It seems like that's the process of of how you uh, court someone and date someone well my process has always been um a little uh unconventional could be toxic but i'll i'll give it to you i'll be transparent here and give you my my process of dating um when i was younger uh Really never had a boyfriend like that. Uh, A boy say they like me. And for instance, one of my experiences, first grade, boy supposed to have liked me, but he pushed me down. He pushed me on the ground and started hunching me on outside. Um, Another experience, third grade, I had some a weave ponytail in my hair. There was a boy I liked. They were teased me. I pulled the weave ponytail out and started chasing them around with it okay that's my experience of that um and now let's fast forward to when I was exposed um to faster boys to boys that were not so much as innocent but more like fast and exposed to things that they probably shouldn't have been exposed to so it wasn't no real uh boyfriends it's like I like you, you like me. If you like, if you like, and then get surrounded by a group of them, and if you like this person, you would do this with them. If you like them or they like you, you should do this. So I end up doing that with them. We're 10 and 11, right? And so then it moved on to I just like somebody, that's what I do, right? And then it got to the point where. No one, because I'm in these acts, but no one's teaching me. I'm 12, I'm 11, I'm 13. No one's teaching me 
the do's and don'ts of what you should do with boys you like and don't like or what you shouldn't do or if you do do something right because of the age uh, I believe parents were naive and so they wouldn't teach their their children I I definitely take heed because of my own experience but they don't they didn't teach me about safe sex or anything like that it was just not supposed to have it and it wasn't told to me not that I wasn't supposed to have it at the age that I was having it because it would be assumed that at that age it just wouldn't be happening however we went from one demographic that thinks totally different which I I noticed right I was in a, a town in Seattle and and in a in a military base that's not happening <laughs> and then to a small town of Marion Indiana where I I don't know um the culture changed the demographics changed the mindsets changed the thought process changed and it just it was a change it was a culture shock going from the west coast to the midwest there's a culture shock for anybody even as an adult um, so then the, the mindsets are different, what they think and talk about are different. And so the group that I surrounded myself at that time was managed fast, right? And so they, they were uh, exploiting my body parts, they would say, you know, you have a chest, you know, to be your age and all this things that I never even thought about things that I wasn't ever exposed to to I became exposed to and almost it felt like overnight um and peer pressure and then being peer pressured into doing things and so for instance and that came from spending night over a friend's house and and so spending night at a friend's house who has cousins and brothers so now as an adult being subjected to that, I am able to better protect my own daughters, my own children, for they're not allowed to go over nobody's house and spend a night if they have brothers or cousins or they're they're not allowed to go and if especially if I don't know the parents or if I've been in that situation or I've been around, it just depends on the situation in order for me to allow something like that to happen. Because otherwise it's it's not trusting. It's untrusting. Like, I can't trust a situation like that because I was unsafe in a situation like that. And I was taken advantage of in a situation and I was peer pressured into exposing and giving up my body um, at a very young age and not knowing what it was going to lead to. And so, yes, we're young. We're 10 and 11. There was no penetration. I mean, true penetration, no blood or broken hymen or nothing like that, but just Three years, three, four years later, I'm pregnant, right? Because at this point, I have a boyfriend. And this boyfriend is 17 years old, about to be 18 years old. And how old am I? 13 years old. So that for one, there was no, I still wasn't trained in protecting myself or being protected. And then an older boy who's who's basically I don't even believe he was 17 he actually was 18 then this grown man approaches right and exposes me to him so I'm pregnant just like that because there's no protection there's no protection yes 
as far as latex, no, but also of me, right? And so he did have to go through court and and they were trying, you know, there was statutory rape charges against him because he was not of, he wasn't my age range. He, he wasn't supposed to be. And I'm thinking now, just even as, as I was 18, I would never have, or an eight, another 18 year old boy looking at my 12 and 13 year old daughter, I would hate that. And I could see how the attraction would be there because my daughter now that I have is about to be 13 and she is, she is a replica of me fully developed with a body like a 19 year old girl, but she's only about to be 13. And so when I go back to viewing myself at those times, I didn't see myself as that. I felt like a young girl. I felt like a girl. I didn't feel like I had a grown, I was a grown woman. And so I know that my 12 year old, who's going to be 13 in a month or two is got the body of a grown woman, but she is still the mindset and feels like a girl, a kid. And so a predator that could be any age, 16, 17, 18, 20, 25, 35, 40, 50, 60, 70, could easily take, try to take advantage of her if she's not protected. So that's my job. That's her father's job to protect. So when she's visiting her father, she's protected by the choices he makes for her. And when she's visiting, when she's living with me or when she's visiting me, she's protected by the choices I make for her. And I keep those in mind based on my own situation, but also based on knowing and I wouldn't know if I hadn't been faced with those situations. So I have to be give leniency to my own parents for for not protecting me. I feel like for not knowing to not protect me. I believe that my mom looked at things, rest in peace, um, rest her soul. Um, I believe my mom looked at me as I don't want to do to her as her mother did to her, to her like she thought kind of like we tend to do if we find flaws or things we didn't like in our childhood we kind of set a pact or a thing for ourselves that say we're not going to do that thing that particular thing that our parent did that I don't think was right or that particular thing that our parent did that I don't believe I felt good about I'm not going to do that to my child when I get older well my grandmother was really strict on my mother didn't let her leave the house, didn't let her have much freedom. My mom was the oldest of of four at the time, and they were all uh, oldest, and she had three, not, uh, three brothers and a little sister, and she had to be their, the mom, because my grandmother was um, a lot of times single, so she had to be the mom. She was always at the home with her siblings. And she experienced sexual abuse through my grandmother's boyfriends and things like that. So that her experience was different. So to the flip side of that, when I'm that same age and I don't have younger siblings, she's not, she never had make, wasn't strict. She wasn't strict on me. I was able to leave and come and go as I wanted to. I would stay over. I would say, I I mean, if I'm staying over somewhere, she's never checking on me. She's never 
Uh, She never was double checking with parents. None of that. She just believed whatever I'd say. And the only thing that I had to do was get good grades. So if I, as long as I'm an A and B student, which I was, right, high honor roll student throughout school, and still, of course, as you know, my background, I'm, I'm a teacher even, right? So education, being smart, book smart, has always been a part of me. So the problem or the part that the parents and I would have even um, fell short on is mistaking the book smarts and the love for learning with making streetwise decisions. No, that can't be, that can either be taught or learned. If you're not teaching someone to make streetwise decisions and showing them how, then they're going to learn it. And learning is sometimes, okay, yes, the best way by experience, but can be the hardest way. And that's the way I learned. So yes, now I'm a diamond in a rough. And now, now I was, you know, one of those diamonds, one of those pearls. Now I am right. Because I am street smart and book smart. So, but I didn't learn that street smart from someone just telling me about the streets. I lived it. I experienced it. And so that's what makes me for my own person. A rare commodity, which, but also on the flip side, helps me be even a better parent because not only am I able to give the street smarts and the book smarts, pass it down, I don't, I'm not leaving no rock unturned because I've been there, I've done that, I've been through it. So, those are the, I guess, the blessings in the hard knocks and, um, and the experience. So anyway, yes, having then getting pregnant by someone who was grown and I'm only a, a barely a teenager. And then um, my mom becoming really religious and really then seeing like, oh, wow, you know, we mistaken your book smart for that you were street smart or you're not doing this or this and that. And now you have a whole baby coming. We wouldn't approve that, right? So then the fact that the the next mistake that the parents of her generation makes or made or still could make if to, to this day that they can make is after I had the baby at 14, my mom, um, so so at this time, I'm 14, right? So there's no never been dating. There's no not really haven't ever had a boyfriend. There was just situations that came across with peer pressure that had me on my back in certain when I wasn't at home, right? And so then once the baby, ex, this exposure that's showing, okay, you're you're out here, you're sexually active. To me... That means birth control or doing whatever to ensure this doesn't happen again. However, my mom refused it. And at the time, you had to be 18 or have an adult sign off on the permission for you to take birth control. So without anyone approving the birth control, there was no way... And I've been exposed at this point. I've had a baby. I've uh, been exposed to sex. So me stopping that act 
at 14, 15 was not going to happen. And so um, I wasn't given the as much freedom at the time any longer because of that to to hang out and do things that I used to do because of the, the baby. Right. And so all I could do is hang out with a neighbor and this neighbor wasn't exposed sexually, but I had been exposed sexually. So then I'm hanging out with this neighbor or when I get once in a blue moon during the summer, I would be able to go to my friend's house and I would go to stay in my friend's house for a few days. And that's would be my, my opportunity to, uh, lay up with someone. Granted, nope, none of these are boyfriends. They're just, so I'm still not really learning how to have healthy relationships or how to date or how to have a boyfriend. I'm going straight to, oh, I like you. Let's <laughs> lay down. And um, it happened again. <laughs> a, two years later, I'm pregnant, about to have a baby. Um. Also, the parents, the mistake that I, I think I failed to mention, parents saying not saying no, because if they said yes to birth control, that would be saying yes to being sexually active. However, a, a mind of a, a, a teenager is not, oh, because you said no to that, I'm going to stop because it's no. At this point, I'm a whole mother. I'm not going to stop. I have to work now. Even though it was a little McDonald's job making five fifteen an hour, I have to work. I have to clean up. I'm not going to stop having sex now, right? I've been exposed to it. I've been having it for the last two or three years now, right? Still, without no one really enforcing protection or birth control or anything, really refusing it. Matter of fact, to the point where I was trying to steal condoms from a store. That's how important it, I knew it was. But I got caught, so I couldn't take them, right? This is a teenager. This is growing up. And so here comes another baby. And there, here comes home problems at home. And, and I'm, I'm forced to move out. And here comes, okay, well... Here comes the state, right? This is just a synopsis of what I experienced. Here comes the state saying, you know, I, I, I met I met this boy and he's only a couple years older than me. He didn't finish school. So how about we just be adults, right? I'm working. I can pay bills. I, I done had a child, two children at this point, right? I'm 16. I don't even have to do the school thing because I'm so smart. I could just test out of this. And I did. Um, but prior to that, I tried to live on my own. And when the state found out, they took us all. And so at the time, and I think I've explained this before, and I've said the story before, but I just, for any new listeners or people who haven't heard the story, we all got put in foster care, me and the two babies. And at the time, now there are programs for teenage moms, but at this time in the 90s, early 2000, 2000, 
there wasn't, um, which I guess gave away my age, but there wasn't programs. And I was in a small town, maybe in a big major city, I don't know. But in the small town I was at, there were no foster homes or programs for teenage moms. There were uh, each group home or each foster care facility, unless there was an adoption, right, happening, uh, had to take children based on their age range. So I was in a home that took teenagers from like the ages 13 to 16 or 13 to 17. And my daughters would have had to go to a home where babies, they took infants or young babies under the ages of four. However, I'm always believing that God had a plan for me I always believe that there was a angels watching over me. I also know now that I'm of age that my bloodline is royalty. So I know that um, ancestors, I'm just always looked out for and covered in every situation. And I've seen that time and time again throughout my life, which is why I write about it. That's why I podcast about it. That's why I communicate to people because the things that I've been through, the things that I've been able to experience, as well as the things that I have come into knowledge about are rare to the point where they, they have to be talked about. They're, they're supposed to be talked about. They're, they're supposed to uh, sound like a movie or sound like something just phenomenally um, next level where it's, it's not something that you hear every day or it's not something that you see people come out of. That's because I'm chosen to have gone through these particular situations and to have come out of them in the way that I have. And I continually say that. And if you, you've had a chance to get my books, you know that. If you haven't, this is an opportunity. You can go to Amazon.com. Uh, you can go to Barnes & Noble's online and you can purchase Victoria's Testimony, okay? Um, and if you aren't able to find Victoria's Testimony, I have copies. I will personally, if you email me at toabginc at gmail.com or you send me an inquiry even on my website, thoughtsofablackgirl.com, I will send you out a personalized signed copy of Victoria's Testimony, Volume 1. And it goes into the triumphs and the tribulations and the life that I had lived. That is definitely um, movie worthy, okay? So anyway, um, the social worker at the school was gun hole, right? Knew my situation, but also knew that I was a kid, knew my, my family lineage. And I didn't realize how pertinent my family was in the community as they wouldn't have known back then. So that's another reason why they, you know, um, the community attached to me. And even to this day, as I come back to the community, I'm a prominent person in the community. And so it's not that, you know, it's obvious now to me now, but as a child, I had no idea. And so um, the social worker at the school kept 
tabs on me because she knew my situation. She knew the foster care situation. She knew the abuse. She knew the, uh, the, the care and how I, um, and the children that I had had and the situation. And, um, she took those, the girls for me to keep them together. Um, she didn't want them to be separated. And at the time I had to go to a program in order to prove myself to the state that I was capable of taking care of children and I was capable of taking care of myself so that I can in, in turn get emancipated. Now I did get emancipated, which is almost like a process of divorce parents because at that point you don't need your parents. I did prove to them that I could take care of myself. I was emancipated. The state did emancipate me. However, um, the process, they didn't emancipate me until I was 17. And that process took a lot longer. And I ended up allowing the social worker who was at first just um, fostering my daughters to just keep them. I made the decision because of my age and because that um, I wanted to have my I mean, I'm a teenager. I wanted to have my life. <laughs> I wanted to travel. I, I didn't never even plan to have kids. It was just something that kept happening because what I wasn't trained or told or protected in a way to keep me from being able to have kids. And of course, um, childbearing ages, definitely as a teenager, pop, pop, pop. Right. But as I had grown into an adult, I just realized I'm just a very, very fertile woman and it's okay. Um, now that I'm an adult, now that I, I'm aware and I am aware of my body, now I understand. And so now even to this day, I can have kids, but I'm not popping them out left and right now because I'm aware <laughs> of my body and I'm aware of the, the damage it can cause or the impact it can cause, not just to my body, but to my family or to those around me. So, or to who I'm deciding to have a baby with it can't just be someone I just randomly lay down with and never see again um I did that a few times <laughs> well not a few times a couple of times so those are things that have been taken into account now that I didn't know as a kid right and so even then so going even as I tell this story there's no boyfriend there's no dating. There's no steps to getting to this. This is living life, living life and letting and and life happening constant. And so then getting to the point, And I don't believe I don't even know when I finally got to that point. I believe that my husband, my ex-husband, should I say, was one of the first um, maybe the second or th well, actually the third real relationship I had been in, um, or I would say second, actually second, um, my daughter who is now 19, I, in this process of being, um, emancipated, I was in California and I met my daughter's father we were both in a home together I think I speak about this briefly and he was a troubled kid we were teenagers still we are still teenagers 
I'm still a teenager and I got pregnant with my daughter. Um, I was not really like sure if I was going to have her. I really was trying not to and it just didn't work out and it actually did work out, right? Say it didn't work out to that I ended um I didn't end the pregnancy and that's one of the things and I wanted to bring that out. I mean, I think I've said it before. It's just like I know that there are a lot of women out here that would be like team no kids or I didn't have no kid they didn't have no kids or or they might only have one kid and all these things but ask them how many times they sat on that abortion table because I would rather bring a life into even if it's by mistake than to kill a life right than to have that wage of sin of death and life and curse on me than to bring a life into this world that some that if I can't take care of someone would love to take care of okay and that's just my opinion but anyway um yeah that I mean that's just how I feel about it and so now and I must not be the only one to feel about it feel that way about it because what what do we have now abortion being illegal period <laughs> rest my case so anyway so um I ended up having a baby he never met this baby um I went through this pregnancy by myself at 19 years old I moved back um, from California to Indiana um I stayed with my mom for a little bit in Indianapolis and I still never really had a boyfriend. I still never really like at this point I'm 19 years old, right? And so I literally meet my ex-husband, which at that time was soon to be husband, which I didn't know, but she really wasn't soon to be husband because we didn't get married until almost 10 years after we met, which is way too long. So I would think as an adult, as my age now, I would never just shack up or play house with someone and have kids with someone for five to 10 years and we not be married. That would never happen. But as a teenager, again, as a young adult, 20 years old, at the time, I just had my daughter, not to mention the two that I had already gave up through an adoption process like I literally had already gave two up and just to find out a year later that I'm having another baby and so I'm like at this point I'm just like I guess it's just meant for me to have a kid and the type of lifestyle I I led even with kids even up to having kids it it was God's divine intervention with these babies coming into my life because my life was already a movie and continued to be a movie. <laughs> so it would have been even more <laughs> of, you know, uh, something else <laughs> if I didn't have to worry about or think of another life in a conjunction to mine. So, um, uh, another situation ship come about. So I'm working at a job and one of the guys I thought was real handsome that I worked with 
uh, I needed a ride home or needed to, you know, like he took me home after work and his car broke down at my, my apartment and he never left. That's how that situation came about. He didn't leave until his ex-girlfriend started wanting Tim him back and got pregnant by him or something. So basically he was cheating or whatever, but it went from, there was no dating in that. It went from, Hey, can you give me a ride home? Come in. We do the thing. Your car don't start. And now you're my live in boyfriend or situationship. That's 19. And then it went from that to my husband he wasn't my husband but meeting him at the club hanging out with him that was the closest thing we did hung out and went to eat end up in a hotel room and then six months later I'm having his baby and we're in this situationship for the unbeknownst for the next 15 years of my life. <laughs> and now I'm here. Talking to you on this podcast. Right? So that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. There was never a traditional set into my life into having healthy, strong connections in healthy relationships knowing because even in that relationship with my husband my ex-husband we were still I was um, at that particular time I was 20 I wasn't even 21 yet I was 20 and he wasn't even 20 he was 22 about to be 23 so we're both early 20s very young very unlearned And I just started popping out his babies. We weren't even together. Uh, a good, the first six, five years, five to six years, we weren't even officially together like that. And the, and the later part of those years, when we decided, when it was decided that we'd be together, it was... Something forced, I believe, through a series of circumstances that caused him to get locked up. And then he come out and he's just like, let's get married. And I'm like, yeah, let's get married because we're not playing house anymore. I'm in church. And that was it. Every red flag that could have been there was there. Every single red flag. The fact that Every, every red flag was there, but I didn't even know about the red flags. I didn't even, I knew that I didn't feel comfortable in the inside of me. I knew that I was upset on my, on the day that we went to the justice of peace. I knew that it was forced based on grandparents and church and pastors and pastors uh, and bishops and, and then him coming out of prison. So those circumstances that led to that. And so then we're here, 2020 divorcing, and I'm still 
unable to fully date. I had a friend that took me out. He was willing to date me. I believe he was trying to date me um, right during my, you know, in my separation stage of my divorce. And we were, but I wasn't really attracted to him like that. So I was just constantly just going out with him to have something to do, to have someone to take me out and to have someone paying for it. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to pay for myself cause I'd been married. Like there wasn't, I didn't have to do that. So I didn't want to have to do that. And the, the few times that I had been by myself, if I'm by myself, then yes, I'm paying for myself. But at that particular time, I didn't want to do that. So I'm using this guy and I'm feeling upset about it because why am I just using this guy for these frivolous dates? I feel like eventually I'm going to feel like I owe him. And I did. I feel like I owed him. So I don't want to feel like I owe you. I want to feel like we're genuinely having fun and we're into each other. If I'm dating, that's what I think I'm supposed to feel, right? Because I haven't really done it. So I don't know. And so fast forward to a situationship a friend of mine that I would have liked to date the 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 roles he he reversed the roles on me he he I would have to take him and pay for him or ask him out or ask him to do things like ask and that was toxic in that situation toxic because I don't I don't believe I think that situation was rebrought into me because I believe that we are refaced with certain circumstances, certain situations in our lives to see if we're going to go down that same path that we went down before. or We're going to make the same choices or or have we learned or have we grew? But for situations like I'm explaining as far as myself, if I've not been in that situation before, if I've never dated traditionally, or if I don't know what it's like, I can't do something or know to do something that I'm unlearned about. I'm ignorant in. So the situations that are going to come to me are situations that I'm either familiar with, or I'm going to behave in a familiar tone and get the same results, which what are the results? single and alone or a baby or and that situation could have easily been like that given um if it if I didn't realize early on that it was a lesson sent from God to learn from and that's how I captured it and that's how I tried to stop the cycle or prevent the cycle but there has been some ranches thrown in there. So there's some things I'm still learning and trying to unveil and understand and understand. And so that situation was another one of those situations that would have just been someone just to be in my bed. Right. Just someone, but not anyone to go down a traditional route with me, not someone to come in, date me genuinely, be into me, ask me to be their girlfriend. Like, you know, I don't, I guess that's what happens. They, they, the guy ask, 
you to be their girlfriend after so many dates. I, I don't re- know if it's two dates, three date minimum. I don't, I'm not sure how it goes because I've not had that experience. And then after the dating and do they ask you after a, a, a week or months or something? Because I, you know, I'm usually all in. I can tell if I'm really going to be into to somebody like that or not. But I don't know how long it takes for a guy. And if and then I'm so ambitious and outspoken. If I'm into it, I'm into it. I'm, there's no waiting, going down this dating process. If I want you in the bed, I'm going to get you in the bed. And when I want you, like, it's not going to be some long, pro- drawn out process to make it to this point to see if I like you or not. I know if I like you the day I meet, talk to you because I can tell if I'm going to like you like that in 5, 10, 15 minutes in a conversation because I'm that much of an intellect. So I don't know about the, you know, I'm not sure, but I want to learn the process, right? I want to see what that process would be like, I guess, if I'm looking for a partner for life. Um, because people change 10, 5, 5, 10, 15 years, or you might not know the red flags. I mean, I do now. So yeah, I'm expecting to possibly be alone because now I know what to look for, for the things or not to look for. And now I'm wanting to go through a traditional process that I've never been through. And I don't know what to look for in that process. So I'm just like, okay, I'm here. Right. And I don't believe I'm the only one going through these things. I I'm seeing on social media. That's what I was getting to the whole point that I made this podcast today about the relationships and going into because we're in the new year and so anybody who's single or considered themselves single ready to mingle or dating or whatever just key things key things I'm not trying to meet or hook up or date anybody I'm meeting at no club right because that's definitely just for hookups and so I don't go to the club but even now where I'm at when I do go to clubs I see the same faces and these are faces that I probably I've seen when I was a child and if I've seen them when I was a child or if I talked to them in in an explicit manner or had a sexual encounter with them as a teenager or when I was unlearned they have nothing to do with me now I and it's not they don't have nothing to do with me. They would love to because I've done nothing but glow up. But I have not, I don't want nothing to do with them because most of them are at my level. They're still at a level that if I probably would have been at if I had not experienced the life that I've experienced or had the mind that I have. Not to throw shade, but that's just exactly how it is. Now, it, it is what it is. Um, or even if they are at my level, I have experienced the club life for so long, working in the clubs, being in the clubs that I already know the type after talking to hundreds and hundreds of men in those atmospheres, I already know men in those atmospheres. There's nothing that a man in a club can teach or show me. So now it's like, what can I do differently? What can I attract differently? I'm not in school anymore, so it's not like I'm going to attract anyone that I'm in high school with. I'm not in high school. I'm not in middle school, right? I'm a grown woman. And so now I'm through the club phase. I don't want to attract anyone at club. So now as grown as I am and intellect as I am and wanting to do something more traditional or wanting to have that experience and see what that is like, where would I go? I don't want to go to church because I've been to church, right? I've been to church and that's not the route I want to go um, when it comes to 
a mate. So I'm thinking conventions. I'm thinking um, certain certain stores, possibly, possibly. Um, not looking though, so it's not like it depends on what kind of stores. Maybe certain uh, library, certain places, right? Uh, if I'm exercising um, or caring for my body or I'm going to an uh, GNC store or something like that, right? Because that's going to, to me, that's going to show me if I'm going somewhere where I'm trying to get highly more educated by like a conference or um, an exposition, right? That is about money or something that I'm interested in. Um, or if I am going to a health store or I'm going, then that person is on the same thing that I'm on. So there are right there are key things that make us similar or we have things in common. And at, and even at that point, are they going to be brave or forward enough to approach me? Because I know I give an un- unapproachable vibe a lot of times. I know that if I'm when I go to somewhere, I am so into what I'm doing or focused on what I'm doing that I'm not looking around for a man. And if they're looking at me, I give very quick eye contact and move my eyes on. I don't stop, gaze, stare, or smile for a long period of time with any man. And and I believe that's a learned behavior from the 15-year relationship that I was in with my ex. Because any he, he was very jealous, very controlling, very like over, like I we could be driving in a car. And I look out the window, just gazing out the window of the car. If someone is out there or if a man is walking, running by or anything, he's tripping out, abruptly tripping out. And so I've just learned. And then he would never allow us to commingle our friends. If he had a friend out around, I would I had to stay in the back room. I could never converse with his friends like that. Like I could never go outside and keep my eyes up. I had to keep my head down. So there was so many red flags and controlling and abusive mannerisms in that situation where it it and because it was my 20s, it basically was toxically training me. So now being able to just be allowed to be me, if I want to look somewhere, if I want to attract a guy, like all of that, I don't even really know how to give the googly eyes or whatever's to to be inviting for a man to come over. I usually am just like, hmm, and smile, look away really quick. Because it's something that I've been trained to do because of the toxic relationship I had. And it was like one of the only relationships I've had. So there are things I have to unlearn, but learn about just where I'm at now. And so really feeling safe and comfortable to be my true self and sometimes 
seeing that there's toxic traits or things that I have going on and things that I've had to heal from or even still heal from because I don't know until I'm exposed to certain situations what hasn't been healed or what I need to work on. So it's just a constant process. And no, it's not a process of 15 year long relationship or 10 year long relationship. Or if you've went someone, it's not a process that you can just how you've dealt with that situation or the exposure that you've had even since a child. It's not something that you just get rid of, of just by being single for three years. (laughs) Like I've been single for three years. It's not just something that I can just, oh, I'm, I'm good. I know how to date. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to watch every red flag. I know how to, you know, not be toxic. I know how to not, you know, overgive or overshare or over this or over that. No, it's a process. And, and I don't know exactly how it's going to come to pass. But knowing that the more and more that I focus on myself, focus on the passions, focus on the love that I had and keeping and shielding myself from anything that has a capability of dragging me to a cycle that might that I might be used to, but not best for me. I'm saying I'm veering from Uh, case in point. I could have went to a party for New Year's. I was invited, invited several times to go to my cousin's party. And yes, I've been, I, I engage with them and I get tempted. And some, and there's been a time that I've allowed the temptation where I was with someone and and there was not going to be any substance out of it. There was no dating. There was no taking me out. There was just, oh, I see you during this holiday here at this party. You're nice looking. And I'm feeling it because I'm under the influence. Let's get it. And that's it. Now, if I wanted that lifestyle, if I wanted that life, which I've had that life and I've lived it. But if I still wanted to continue on that path, I could have went down that road. But that's the thing. I wanted some. I don't want to continue that. There's not real substance. There's a lot of used up energy that gets wasted. It's nothing that comes out of that situation in the long run, a wasted time or maybe a good time for a short time, but not a long time. Right. And I want it. I'm, I'm ready to really build. There's a reason why I don't have a house yet. There's a reason why I, I, I've not accumulated the the amount of what I want to accumulate it's because either I need to be by myself to work on it right or I need to get with someone who is at that level who's ready to work on those things to put towards those things yes I could have stayed with my ex-husband and still tried to build on that build upon that and um, because he is on that now but this is 15 years later. We're, we're, a matter of fact, no. This is 18 years later that he's ready. 18 years later. So I would have waited, eight, been with him that whole 18 years for him to be ready. I was out at 15. But that's a lot of life. 
<laughs> and I can get it. I see how women don't want, how men or women would not like to start over, who would not want to go through that process again, who would not, would spend so much time in one relationship trying to build it, trying to go through, go through all this trauma, all this mental health anguish and all these things just to spend the next path part portion third of their life healing from it just to get into the situation again and start all over again for it to end the same way hell no hell no absolutely not I can see how like I'm good <laughs> I am absolutely good but I don't want to live in fear and I know that I was young I know that I was 20 I know that I was 18 I know that I was 15 I know I was 14 I know I didn't have no experience I know that I haven't dated properly I know that so all the things that I know and everything that I've learned and everything that I've seen has got me to this point now where okay I'm not gonna give up on it I'm going to allow God to speak to me in these situations and take heed to what God speaks and says. And I will I will allow the process to play out how it's supposed to play out. But there are key things. And I and I remember someone saying this, like there's just key things off top, financially, mentally, spiritually there. That's to be there. Off top, I got to be attracted to you. My attraction standards are high. If I think you're attractive, everybody thinks you're attractive. <laughs> if I don't think you're attractive, I can't say who may or may not think you're attractive. But I know if I like you like that and you're attractive, you are. Period. Across the board. There's not a lot, not too many, like, yes. Because my what I my eyes are 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 on point but I'm also attractive so I know what I want and the standard that I want to go for when it comes to exterior um but there's so many other levels and facets to it and so many other things that I don't that I have to take heed to like I don't want to be even if someone's attractive I'm not willing to be put in a constant competition. I don't want to constantly walk in a room and feel like the girl, the next attractive girl can steal my man or the next loose girl can have my man somewhere and getting him off. Right. I don't want to think like that. That, And I don't want to have that type of man who is not uh, that does not have the capability of of saying no or pushing the next girl off or not having self-control, right? So in that in that case, then I know I that's one of the things I would need to make sure that I work on because there's no way, and where I'm at now, there's no way that I can truly feel like I'm going to be able to attract anything other than what I am or higher. So in that case, if, there, if I'm not settling for anyone who's lacking in self-control, then... I can't lack in self-control. Same thing with my financial stability. If the man I get with, if, I, if I'm demanding or require him to be financially stable and savvy, I am going to be that financially stable and savvy. 
Now, there was one requirement that I used to have that that I don't as much now, and that was the kid thing. I used to require the man not to have any kids. On the flip side, I have kids. But on the flip side of that, I'm always first baby mama. <laughs> and I'm not proud of saying it like that, but that's what it is. I'm number one. However, I have adjusted those requirements and I'm good with allowing no one or one, I can't even say two, one, one, (laughs) I can be number two, but I don't know if I can be number two. I haven't been in a situation where I had to be. So that's another thing. I haven't been in a situation where I would have to be. So I don't know. And I have been close to a situation where I could see where I would have to be. And I don't really like it. I don't like being number two. I don't <laughs> I don't like it at all. But I would settle for it because I because when a man comes into my life, he he's not gonna he I can make I'll make him number one, but he's not number one. Like, he isn't the only baby daddy that I would have. Like, the baby's father, children's father. He wouldn't be the only one, but he is the only one, right? Because he, I make him the only one. I make him the priority. But I can't see it. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't gotten to that situation where I've had to have that experience. I'm in experience now where there's two of us. And this is my first experience, but I'm still number one. And I see the difference. And I, and even though they live together and they're, I definitely know that I would be able if, if I was that type of person to come in when I want to come in. And if I, and I believe, if I believe that every one number one baby mama or if he got two kids two two baby mamas or whatever if I believe that the the first one can come in like that at any given time and run and shut things down uh, that don't make me comfortable I'm not comfortable in that and so but the fact that the if she it's like me like she would have to be like off of him to the point where I don't like 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 I am. I don't want I don't want nothing to do with my ex husband sexually. Um, he's attractive because I'm not gonna not be with someone attractive and that I'm not attracted to. That's not that's not realistic. So his attractiveness doesn't stop, and his ability to be great co parent and a great father doesn't stop. But am I trying to be with him? Am I trying to lay with him? Am I trying to be? Safe? No. H-E double hockey six. No. And it's not because he's not a a good person. It's just I've been there. We we had our tenure and it didn't go anywhere. It really didn't. It, I mean, it took us to the next level of our lives where we are now, where I'm on another journey and he is on another journey with someone else. And that's just how it is. And I'm OK and I'm good with it. I'm more than OK with it. I'm ex- I'm choosing that and I'm okay with it um the freedom of me being able to do my to think and and move on my own behalf without oh yes there's nothing like the peace and the freedom to um 
live and breathe how you want to write and talk about how you what you want to talk to look and have your eyes go in directions whatever directions you want your eyes to go to I've not been so ever liberated or been so happy to be liberated in my life so what do I want to go back down that path no and if that is what it would be in a relationship count me out so (laughs) I'm okay But anyway, so what I'm finding is I'm going to take a short pause on this because it's the new year and I haven't came on. I'm going to make this an extended segment. So just give me a second. I'm going to extend this segment. Okay, so welcome to the extended segment. So also, I have to add, you have to realize that I was a fatherless child. Now, yes, My mom had um, boyfriends. Yes, my mom had been married several times, I believe, uh, four four different marriages. Yes, I mean, there were male figures. But I didn't have the father figure, the one to show me, to protect me, to school me on what not to, what to look for what to expect standards any of that boundaries none of it right I didn't experience or see any of that and so I definitely know there is a difference between a young lady I mean children period who grew up with that type sound stable father and and mother in the home together or just in the lives present I didn't have that So when it comes to lacking or what you would consider lacking certain dimensions of being able to decipher or being able to uh, not tolerate certain things, I don't have that. So it's more like if I feel it, if I love it, if I like the way you look, if I'm if you're checking these boxes, I'm willing to go all in on it. Now, my tolerance is super high. And I don't know if it should be, but it is because I've been through things. I've seen things. I know people make mistakes. I'm willing to go through the mud. I'm willing to go through the fire because I've already been through the mud. I've been through the fire, right? So with a person and one of these sayings that somebody just, I just seen the saying and she just said it is like, if you show them, and she said, if you show a man you're willing to go through the storm with them, you'll never see the sunshine again. That's scary. Because I always consider myself now, like, no, we're going to go through this. We're going to ride this out. You're not going to come in my life and just leave. Well, is that because I'm ride or die? Because I'm really there for you? Because I see something and nothing? Or is it because I have abandonment issues and abandonment wounds? Because I had, you know, this or this particular thing happened to me? Or So then that's when you start getting to the psychology of it. And you start having to evaluate and learn and read up on like, are, am I 
trauma bonding? Am I experiencing this because I have childhood, unhealed childhood wounds? Am I experiencing this because I have daddy issues? Am I experiencing this because of this? Or am I allowing this because um, is there some type of self uh, a, a way I'm seeing myself that's not... Um, do I have a low self-esteem or do do I am I lacking self-worth what why am I dealing with something like this or why how could I call this love why do I have love for this person or how did I get so attached to this person so quick oh right because there was no time in between me getting sexually intimate with this person or I did not give it time Right. To see if they truly possessed everything that I would need to be fully right. Fully. Um, what should I say? Um, I'm trying to think of the word that would fit. Basically, I did. I may be in a situation and I didn't give it matured enough time to see if they could fully speak to all of all of me right they're not gonna come out the bat you know for instance I'll give you this example I met my ex-husband at the club I barely had clothes on but as soon as I became his girl and had his baby I could there's nothing I could wear that you know he wouldn't scan over and comment on if it was revealing but I met him naked, right? So what? Make it make sense. So those are the things that I guess I wouldn't have known. So it's like the change up that happens, the switch up that happens when someone gets truly comfortable with you, truly able to reveal their true colors. How attached are you to that person? How trauma bonded are you to that person to feel like you can't step away or can't get out or you see some behaviors that they start possessing that they didn't show you up front because they had they were up on their best behavior at the at first. Right? And so then as you get comfortable or in certain cases, once you've done had a child and you don't even really know this person like that, it's only been a year or it's only been a couple of years. And I don't even know a couple of years because all my situations have been from zero to 100 in less than a year. We're already like it's been years on years on years. I don't know how to like my connections move fast like that. I don't know how to slow it down, right? I didn't know how to slow it down. Now I believe I could possibly slow it down because now I don't want to uh but what I'm a disclosure, what I'm finding out even about myself, for instance, I was talking to a I was talking to a guy that I potentially thought I wanted to possibly think I wanted to date maybe or maybe be with in a in a in a more intimate way I've only been I've been seeing him for not seeing him like me and him seeing each other but I have noticed him for the last few years and we started talking briefly but after the talking for about a month that's it. Like, 
that like little spark that I had to want to be like see him or the spark I had to want to be intimate with him or a spark I had to really want to go date him. It's gone. But what if I had acted like the wounded daddyless fatherless child I did back in the day and just was impulsive see it like it get it I'm still I'm still battling with that I'm winning the battle today for instance because it's not it doesn't have to be just in relationships and I'm being transparent but today for instance well not even just today this whole week this last couple days I was like I have money in my savings Right. And this can be so this can go into the financial part, too. So take heed. I was like, I have the money in my savings. I have a little bit of money in my accounts, but I want to build the money in my savings. So what do I have to stop doing to keep it building? Because putting the money in the savings when I get paid, but then spending it all still isn't going to help me build the the financial stability or attract the financial stability that I want. So what is it that I'm doing? And I analyze myself. I'm impulsive. I can be. I see it. I want it. I get it. I don't wait. I don't contemplate too long. I see it. I want it. I go after it. I get it. Period. I I take little, I don't take, I don't consider, I take little time to consider cost. I take little time to consider risk. I just see it, want it, get it. And um, I realized I do that in situations with people. I do that, well, men, I do that with items. And so I'm proud of myself because I've made strides to, to first bring awareness to it because in any process, even if this was alcohol anonymous, right, the first, or addiction, any type of addiction or any type of habit, first thing is to notice, admit to the problem and see what the problem is like. And I've seen it. I've seen it clear as day. That's why my savings dwindles. Because I can spend on, I have my budget and everything that's supposed to be accounted for is accounted for. And then the next 500 or more dollars goes into random unplanned things that I just want to do in the moment. There is no discipline in that. I want a man that's disciplined. I can't be unlearned and not disciplined in certain those areas that I want my man to ensure my man is. Yes, I still want him to be disciplined in those areas, even if I'm still struggling in those areas. But I'm bringing awareness to those areas. And there's no way I'm going to settle for what I say earlier. Anything less than what I am. I set the bar. I set the tone. Now, you got to be, be in my level or higher, period. I'm not, And if that means... The bar is so high and then I'm alone. So be it. Right. Because then what I what I take in it in the essence of that is I can dress how I want to dress. Look where I want to look. Go where I want to go. 
in moments that I feel impulsive and I can't and I don't stop myself from buying or getting or driving, I'm gonna just do that. And I'm not gonna be hard on myself. And I don't have no one to answer to but me. I'm fine <laughs> with that. Now, do I want that forever? Do I want that to be my life? No, I want someone to be able to meet me or go exceed me. Preferably exceed me. So that they can, I have something to work up towards. So I can have some growth. So I can learn something that I didn't know before. If we're at the same level, we're, we're telling each other, we just going, we're just recycling, regurgitating each other's stuff. But if, one of us, preferably the, my the, my man, that's how I look at it, is able to teach me, show me, learn me, point me out, help me grow. I'm all for it because that's what I want to do. I want to learn, grow, and expand and get to another level. I don't want no one to pull me down to a to a lower level. I need to be brought up to a higher level, and hopefully, in turn. What I can give to this man is things that he finds most valuable, things that he can't get anywhere else, things that he cannot buy. Awareness that no one's other, no nobody else might have the insight on. Those those things priceless. And so anyway, I found myself. Being impulsive like that, right? And so I stopped. And so today I was like, what can I do? So I looked at my accounts and I could buy the stuff, you know, the stuff that I wanted to go buy. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't really need to buy this right now. But how about I just go to the store and look at it? (laughs) I don't know if that means I got a problem or not. So I go to the store and look at it. I analyze it. I look at the price and I say, you know what? That's not really what I want anyway. I didn't plan to buy it. I, I want to see if, if I can, what it would take, what it would take to be absolute, to be an absolute minimalist, right? And a minimalist meaning even if I can buy it, just don't. If it's not planned, if it's not written down to buy, just don't do it. And so I didn't. However, I was still tempted. Because not only did I end up going to the store seeing this, I had a $5 coupon, a $5 uh, CVS. So I had a $5 CVS bucks that was exp- that's expiring within the week. And I was like, man, that even takes another $5 off of this item. But it's still an unplanned item and it's still buying it off of impulse. So... I was like, let me go to another store. So I go to another store. And they have a different item, and it's just as good. And it's the same thing, like it's just a different type. Um, I liked it. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look around the store and find something for the $5 that I like and just get it for free. And that's what I did. So I found... Now, this so happened to be like a $6 one-gallon bottle of pH water. 
no, I didn't plan on buying a $6 pH water, but I ended up paying 79 cents for the one gallon. So it ended up being a really good deal because I had $5 off. But I bought the water because it was, it said 100% alkaline, alkaline water on it. First of all, I don't ever really get to see alkaline water per, um, marketing, marketed. And obviously, if the bottle, one gallon bottle water costs $6, then it must be about the truth. And so because I am trying to focus more on me, get my get everything together. Yes, it's the new year. Even though I'm saying I'm manifesting in March, I'm still doing regimens that help me get the new year 2023 started right. And so I'm going to be eating differently, being more aware of what I'm eating. Um, and so I wanted to ensure that I get this water drink this water I'm really actually about to go on a water fast or a, more of a fast um just to, w- to watch my portions watch what I intake and to lose some of this weight to be honest um I can I can see how people in this in this area like in this con- country not everybody but I can see how if you're not mindful and you're just eating or like for me I have a lot of extra um, I don't really have a lot of extra money because I'm not saving it, but or I am saving it now, but I wasn't saving it as like I should. So I spend a lot of it eating out. And if I spend a lot of money eating out, then, of course, the weight gain is going to come because I'm not watching my portions. I'm eating out. It's, I'm eating what I want. It's kind of like the impulse thing. I see it. I want it. I'm getting it. If I crave it, I'm going to go get it. I got the money. Why not? Right. Well, yeah. And then 30, 40 pounds ended up being 50, 60 pounds, ended up being 70, 80 pounds, ended up being 100, 200 pounds later. I'm like, dang, <laughs> where, <laughs> what happened? That's, that's the kind of situation I can see happening if there's no discipline, if there's no stop, wait, I don't really have to have that. I really don't need that. I didn't plan to get that. I need to, you know, just because I can get it don't mean I need to get it. Just because I have the access to it doesn't mean I need to access it. And same thing when it comes to a situationship or a relationship or something that's going to lead me down a similar path, a cycle that's a repeated cycle that's just going to cause a lesson in my life that is going to be a waste of time or a heartbreak or a setback. So it's just like, no, (laughs) no time for those, right? No time for the implementation or, or a slip up, right? I, like I said, I could still have kids. All it takes maybe. Uh, impulsive moment and I'm pregnant and my life has changed because whoever I get pregnant by right which if they end up in my bed they're not going to be a deadbeat dad (laughs) if I I mean I'm not going for that but um I would think that I've but I had enough conversation with them to know that much about their 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 um, personality but when I'm when I was 13 no 14 no 15 no (laughs) 16 17 no right so it's kind of like still and even as a grown woman you if if you don't give it time you still may not know and so 
I am at this point where I'm learning myself even more. And so to be 38 and still admit to learning myself, having the time for myself, um, still wanting to know the experience of going through the process of a healthy relationship, not never having one, <laughs> like all of those things. No, trying to know what it's like to, let's say, I want to show and give and be respected on every level. Don't want those things to step outside of those type of boundaries. And I also want to ensure that I'm my when my children see me, they're seeing something healthy because I don't have I didn't see anything healthy growing up. So I I don't really have nothing to go off of TV facades, different things like that. So it's kind of like, what do I want to to attract? What do I want to show my children? So I'm I have to keep in mind a lot of these things. And I'm fine with not rushing that process. I'm fine if I have to just go I like I did today. I might go to I might look at it. Yes, I can get it. Yes, I can buy it anytime I want to, but I ain't going to go there because I didn't plan for it. I didn't need it. I didn't I didn't have to have it. And that's the same how I look at the situation where I didn't even go to the party. Why? Because what would have been at that party for me? Yes, it's a good time with family, but mine is the good time with family, which we can do that at a family get together when we have our family get togethers at church and ain't nothing going down. <laughs> but what could I have gained from that, right? I would have been under the influence. I would have been feeling really loose and wanting to truly celebrate, hang out, maybe, you know, get get it on. But I don't have a no significant other at home to do that with. So then I'm choosing, I'm picking, I'm choosing under the influence based on attraction only. No, I'm good. I'm absolutely good. I didn't want none of that. I didn't want to bring my new year in with none of those same cycles. I've been there, done that. How many times? What is it? Insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and thinking you're going to get the same uh, a new result? Okay. Yeah. I'm not insane. <laughs> I hope you're not either. And so those are the, those are the things, you know. And so I'm finding, um, I'm hearing, I've heard of horror stories about the dating apps. I'm not doing the dating apps. I really am probably going to just delete the one that I did add to my to my phone. I don't ever look f- for it to be on there. Um, um, I don't need it. I truly believe that what's for me will be for me. It'll come for me. It will receive me. I will receive it. And and maybe it will be revealed in God's perfect timing when it's supposed to be. But maybe not while I'm still impulsive. Maybe not where I'm still like, I see it, want to get it mentality, right? And so I'm I'm finding that even now in the new year, I'm facing those things. I'm working on those things. I'm changing those things about me because I know that even when it even it doesn't lead to nothing good with a person and it doesn't lead to nothing good in my finances, then obviously if it's not planned for, thought out, worked out, 
even if I'm able to get it, if I don't have self-control, that's going to be a lack in all areas of my life. And it it's proven. So I got to work on it and I continue to work on it. And as, yes, it's, is it something that for me might be a challenge having that self-control? A little bit. I mean, there is a list of things that I said I wanted to not eat in order to start watching this this extra 30 pounds that I didn't gained in the last two years to ensure that it dwindles down. Because if I gain 30 pounds in two years, that means that that type of fat, that type of gain is 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 almost a permanent gain because it came so slow and losing weight is also one of those slow processes anything that drops weight overnight you're gonna gain that weight back right right when you eat the next meal so it's kind of like that process of just buying or getting or impulsively grabbing or getting what i want when i want it it needs to stop and it needs to start with subtle Things that in my everyday life, what I buy, what I what I buy, when I buy and what I decide to put in my body, all of those things. And so, yeah, I made mindful decisions these last couple of weeks or this at least this last week to buy salad at work. But then if I'm if my body is used to eating whatever I want to eat, then that salad at work, I'm super hungry afterwards and I'm trying to go get a burger. I probably have, this this last week alone, embarrassing enough, I probably have had four burgers in a week, four burgers. I'm talking about with the fixings, bread, tomatoes, onions, lettuce, pickle, cheese. Well, some of them had cheese, some of them didn't, but the burgers. I ain't never ate that many burgers in a week before. Fries. Just. And I might not see it today. That it it added. But if I get on the scale, I'm sure I didn't gain two more additional pounds. From just eating a, a burger every day. I'm not trying to eat like that. That's not what that's not what I'm going for. But it was convenient. I, w- I wanted it. I had the money for it. Bought them. That's it. And so to just be that mindful. So I got the water, right? Like I said, I ended up spending 79 cents. Not expected. However, I had extra two. I had two dollars in my pocket. So I didn't swipe no card. I didn't get no savings. I didn't have to get I didn't even have to get in my bank account to come up with that 79 cent. So to me, I did great. I've come along that was a long way. That that was improvement, massive improvement. Because all my credit cards, all my credit cards are paid up. I literally drove through the parking lot of Kohl's and all these different little department stores. I don't need no shoes. I don't need no socks. I don't need no clothes. I I think I might have clothes that I haven't even wore. I don't need nothing in there. But I thought about it just to have something to do. Let me just go shopping. No. So instead, I go to the grocery store and I buy 
a cucumber. Why buy a cucumber? Because it is a alkaline food and I want to make a salad for work for the week. So I feel I did great because you know what? That cucumber cost me another 79 to not 89 cents. That's it. And I felt very accomplished with that because I didn't go overspending. I didn't go just swiping my credit cards because I wanted I really am trying to force myself to have the discipline of even if I have the money, even if I have the credit, I can be subtle enough, disciplined enough, on, to reserved enough, poised enough to be cool. Just, just be cool. And that's the that's the demeanor I want to take on. So I don't know what this is particular. <clears throat> As I'm getting to this point now, because this is happening right now, real life, real time. So as I'm getting to this point, I don't know, honestly, what this point is going to attract now. But I am excited because I feel good about it and I feel energetic and I feel happy and I'm at peace and I'm proud of myself. So I believe based on the law of attraction nothing but good better things come now nothing but more money comes now nothing but better awareness comes now nothing but you know right like it just is up the trajectory is up because of my mindset and me being at peace and happy with the decisions of that I'm deciding to make now so I, I just believe how attraction works, that the things that I attract are going to be even better than ever before. And because I'm making decisions that I and I'm reserving myself and I'm doing things that I've never done before, I am really going to get results and experiences that I've never experienced and results that I've never had before. And they're going to be positive because I am making positive strides and changes. It's a it's a domino effect. It's a replica. It's, it's, it's really how, how it's cycling and how it's supposed to work. However, there are adverse effects, right? If I was not doing that, if I was going down the same other path or if I was doing negative things or being impulsive in my spendings and buying and choosing things and wanting to just get because I feel like I have to have it right now and I can't wait because I'm just lack, lack, lack. I'm, if I don't get it today, I might not have it tomorrow or I can't get it tomorrow or if I can't, if I don't get it today, I'll never get it again or all those things also plays into abandonment or feeling like I might not have it or I can't get it or I'm not enough. It it's all plays into each other. And if I continue to go down that way or that cycle, I can't expect and a logical mind cannot expect to get something other than what I've always gotten. So I, 
I have to, I have to make the change. I have to make those strides. Even this weight gain that I had, this is going to be a challenge for me. I've not ever had this type of weight gain, ever. But I've never been 38 before, right? So I'm, I'm older. <laughs> so I, that's one. I'm, I'm getting older. So my body is also getting older. So that's a, a ch- one change in, in some things that are happening with me. So as I get older, different things are going to affect me different. Like the eating the burgers every day. Do I want high cholesterol, blood, sugar issues? Do I, do I really want diabetes? Do I really want um, high blood pressure? Do I really want all the things that would happen if I continue to feel like I can eat a burger a day? I'm not 12. I'm 38. If I've never ate a burger a day when I was 12, what makes me think that I'm going to have a better result at 38? Absolutely not. So mindfulness, self-awareness, self-preservation, discipline, all of those things encompass your lifestyle and how you're living your lifestyle and what you're doing in your lifestyle also is going to play into what you attract. And sometimes you can't, you know, you don't, you might still might be doing the best for yourself and still attract something that's not that great. But I can't say that if you are aware, you have the self-awareness and you know what to look for. Hey, right. And you can't control a person. And so that's the thing. So another level of it is once I get, once I'm at, I'm at this place that I feel comfortable at, that I'm proud of myself for being, I'm, I'm really, I really am. And there's certain certain key standards, right, that a person entering into my life has to withhold outside of anything other than that, anything that unfolds, anything that we go through, anything that transpires. It's just a, it's a lesson that I have to learn and I have to take it like that. And if it's a lesson to teach me to detach from that person once I see something I don't like and not feel like I am obligated to have to stay or obligated to ride ride or die with this person or obligated to do this or this and that, then let it go. However, what I'm finding and where I'm at, because I'm on a spiritual level as well, is just not someone coming into my life and be able to pass those barriers and, and they they check off these boxes And then they start exhibiting other behaviors that remind me of certain cycles or things that I need to heal or I'm revealing. That's because those are lessons I have to learn. I have to learn those lessons. And if I feel like I need to ride or die with this person, it would only be because I have divine intervention informing me of the moves that I make because I don't really move on my own just carelessly when it comes to relationships. Not now. So it's kind of like, yeah, maybe at 14, but not at 38. So if someone is exhibiting things and if it's going to cause me harm or my family harm, I, I would see that straight on prior to. Um, however, there are things that could cause me harm 
if I let them in that I've let in that I believe that God had led me to, but it the reason it hasn't caused me harm or it hasn't truly affected my mental uh, health as much as it could have is because God is revealing to me in the essence of it, what I what I'm experiencing that experience for and what I'm needing to work through. So it's really just there to help me heal, because how can you heal or fix something if you're not looking at it? <laughs> you can't. You have to look at it. You have to feel it. You have to expose it. You have to see it in order to feel it, to release it, to let it go, to heal from it. You can't cover it up. You can't forget about it. You can't walk away from it. You can't run away from it. You definitely have to face it on, face your those issues, especially if it's psycholo- uh, psychological issues, um, child wounding issues, um, trauma issues, it, PTSD issues. If it's those type of things, you have to face those in order to heal them. And, um, yeah, or I mean, see a doctor and get medicated and you can just medicate your, you know, drug, (laughs) be drugged through it. And, and then you're not facing it either in that, in that aspect, but then you get codependent, codependent on those drugs, codependent on needing something to, to cover up, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or even sex or anything, right? Any any type of addiction that's going to occur f- because you're trying to cover up the pain of a situation you're not willing to face. So, um, yeah. So face it. Just face it. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say about it. I don't know exactly the steps you would take to heal it, but face it. Face it and see, see what you've got to get, you know, what you got to do naturally to get through it. Um, for me, I'm like, I'll, I'm, when it comes to shopping or being impulsive, I'm going to those things. Um, sometimes like, like I said, I'm going to the store, I'm, I'm talking myself out of it. And then I'm realizing that I don't need to do that. I don't need to buy that. I don't need to go there. Right. Um, there's uh, somebody, um, that I believe uh, that I, that I'm in love with. Right. And I kept on feeling like, and I'm like, why would I be in a situation where I'm in love with someone and they don't, and they don't, they don't have those same feelings for me back, right? Why can't I seem to let that person go? Or why do I keep trying to hold on to someone who does not want me to hold on to them, but would want to come in, you know, as a convenience or if I'm convenient to them, they, if I'm allowing, right? If someone, someone, if you don't, if, if I, I can't say me personally because I don't have this type of mentality, but I guess I could have if I was um, ignorant or unlearned or immature or, you know, young. So if if I really don't like someone like that, but I know that they really like me like that, and, and if I come around, I know I can get what I want from them, why wouldn't I, right? The... A ch- that's childlike. A child would do it. Um, I mean, women, females do it. People do it. Um, I've someone's done it to me. Um, I would say, per, actually, you know, in the situation, like, 
at that point, if I know someone is coming around me because, not because they genuinely like and have the same feelings I have for them, but just so they can take advantage of me and I allow them to take advantage of me, either that's a self-worth issue or there's something else going on there, right? And so for me, I I look at the situation from a different perspective, but if I looked at it for what it is, then I would stop that situation from happening, right? I wouldn't allow that situation to happen. But the the fact that it had happened and or it's occurred or had been occurring was a resemblance of, okay, what is it that would make you feel like this person can come in and deplete you or take from you or and or come in and just leave out and you want much more than what they're even offering and they're not offering you anything what makes you allow this person in to to do that to you when they shouldn't have access to you if they if you valued what you have or yourself they shouldn't have that access to you unless they show that they value as you value you right so when those if that situation occurred in my life and it has i'm not um oblivious to it i then evaluate myself what has occurred here or let me see this situation from a different perspective to understand why this is allowed or why i've allowed this or why this has happened right and going forward make the necessary changes so that I don't have to go through that or I won't be subject to getting my feelings hurt if I want something more than some what's or want more from a situation than that person is willing to give or put in or reciprocate. Okay, and it happens. This happens a lot. Um Yeah. And so it's just it just comes into really really getting a close relationship with yourself. Trying to work on those things. You don't and I don't believe there's a perfection. Like for me, I don't believe I'm going to be perfect, but I believe I'm going to work on myself until I get until I can't work on myself anymore. And as I've learned and seen in this life, in these 38 years that I've been here, and anybody else that's that's even older than me that's explained, you should be constantly evolving, growing. It's less. It's it's glory to glory to glory when you're t- taking heed from the divine, the lessons from the divine. Glory to glory to glory. Success, victory after victory after victory. If that's the case, that means there's situation, lesson after lesson after lesson, situation after situation after situation 
on many different levels, on many different facets. And the goal is to keep elevating, to keep the trajectory going up. There is never going to be a time in your life, at least there shouldn't be, well, there won't be in mine, that is just a stagnant, still energy. Not going anywhere but mono. No, absolutely not. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't I I've been on here for a good almost two hours. I hope that this extended segment has been brought you a lot of insight, uh, not just about my, my personal life or my preferences or things that I've been through, but just in in an idealistic idealistic way to helping you see your own self, see you right. See the things that you're you may. I mean, because really the first lesson of like learning or just like I said before is having a self-awareness. How self-aware are you? Are you aware of yourself? Not just who you encounter or who you decide to make your life partner or who you decide to date or who or the people that you have allowed to come in your life analyze them too but your self-awareness what are you eating what are your spending habits what are your daily habits right what are what are you who are you and what are you becoming or what are you trying to become? Or are you even striving to become anything? Are you at a stagnant place where you're just, I'm just good. I'm just mono. Are you, are you really trying to elevate your mind, expand and grow? And, 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 and do you truly see the trajectory of your life going upwards? And if you do, which you should, even time and age, how long is that process for you? Are you stuck in these cycles? Like I've seen, I've seen red flags in my situation with my ex-husband in way before year 15, way before year five. So what, what causes someone to just be complacent, right? Just stay comfortable and complacent, even though they know that, they're not fully their love language isn't being spoken to they're they're just comfortable they're this isn't helping them they're not growing in this area they're not growing in that what no i am at a point i don't there will not be any situation or at least that i can con- that if i have control over certain things and i, I relinquish control but there will not be a situation in my life that requires from this, like, and I don't know if it's maybe 2020 having that, that awakening, that, that whole, you know, life awakening that everyone experienced. Cause I know I experienced one and, but there is not nothing that's going to require, that's going to cause me to be stagnant and still and complacent. I know I have growth to I know I have things to to get better and to master and to work on. I strive to learn more and to engage and to and to have ex- new experiences. And that's like period. <laughs> like and I don't foresee 
my life not being on a trajectory going up every day that I am given to have my life here. And I hope that this segment has been motivation for you. I hope that I've given you insight. I hope that if you don't have that issue, then we're like-minded and that's why you're here. If you do, if you didn't have that self-awareness, I hope now that you do and that's why you're here. Whatever reason you're here, I hope that you have been fed mentally, physically, and spiritually by listening and, and taking heed and truly trying to um, change or be a more aware of who you are. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for being here. And I don't think I covered half of the things I wanted to cover because I got on this tangent this evening. But um, again, thank you. And until next time, God bless you and peace be with you.